Welcome to the Exit Strategy, your no bullshit guide to divorce with the experienced attorneys from New Direction Family Law and guests that have been there. Unfiltered discussions to help you move from victim to victorious and from bitter to better. Hi, everyone. It's Elizabeth Stevenson with New Direction Family Law, and I'm here on our podcast and coming up on the Christmas season, holiday season. And what are we talking about today, Jen? Well, I am Jen Bordeaux, the Director of Public Relations, and since it is the season of giving quickly turning into the new year where we all set resolutions that we never do, <laughs> never follow everyone, we thought we would talk about a situation that we see very often where, you know, our office, depending on if it's custody or not, will quiet down a little bit during the holiday season and because people will like, you know what, I'm just going to get through the holidays right. and the new year. I'm going to finally do this. I'm going to lose a different kind of dead weight out of my life, and I'm going to initiate a separation. <laughs> and, you know, and I say to folks when they ask me about it, if, sometimes if there's advantages to waiting till after the new year, and I'm right. like, well, really, there's no specific time to do this. But if you do want to wait till after the holidays, you know, obviously we understand, but it doesn't mean it's not a good time to have a consultation and find out right. how you can plan, because there is some preparation and <laughs> planning that you can do to help you know, navigate the situation once it does start. So that's what we wanted to talk about today. So for folks out there that are considering a separation right. as, as their resolution for 2024, <laughs> whether it happens on January 2nd or halfway through the year or whatever the case may be, you're a little more equipped with some things to think about to help you make that plan. Right. So consultations, you know, give you sort of give you, I ask for your story, I give you some legal advice, but we hope you leave with, I think you, I love this, what you say, a little toolbox, mm -hmm. you know, with some equipment in there that I'm not leaving today. I'm not, I might even leave in January, maybe June before I get out of there, but I know what I got to do and I know what I shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. And so that's the point of a consultation and sitting down. And if you're thinking about it, let's think through it and make a plan. Let's don't just jump in and do it. And I think, too, sometimes folks come see us and then they never end up separating. Correct. But I know, I know I've know, i said multiple times in different facets that uncertainty breeds fear. And there mm -hmm. is this misnomer sometimes, especially, gosh, God bless the kids. They get put in the middle of like, well, if you leave me, I'm going to keep the kids from you. Correct. And or, you know, you're not going to be able to survive on your own or I'm, you know, whatever. So right. there's this fear complex that that keeps people in unhealthy or in, in toxic relationships or unhappy relationships. Right. We had a therapist on about how to tell your spouse you want. Right. And I love that she said, sometimes you're just done. You don't need to. Nobody had to necessarily do anything to really you know, right. piss you off or cheat on you or whatever the case may be. You're just different. Okay. You've changed. Right. I'm done, right. you know, and that's OK, too. And so I think coming in to find out those answers to learn, you know, can they really keep the kids from you if you decide to right, leave or right. whatever the case may be gives you that confidence to say, OK, you know what? I'm going to give it another good old college try. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't work out, I know what I know, this looks that's like. That's right. And if it does, cool. I still got some education behind that's right, this. That's right. So, I mean, that we always say, I, mean, I think our philosophy is coming for consultation doesn't mean that, that you're going to get divorced. Doesn't even mean you're going to separate. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't have to end up like that. And I tell people all the time, even as we're drafting through a separation agreement, you know, this doesn't preclude you from reconciling. They may have some issues to do with your property and how we separate it, but it doesn't mean that six months down the road, this person's done the work you've asked them to do and mm -hmm. you go, well, damn, I'm not sure I want to do this. You don't have to, mm -hmm. you know, but if it doesn't work out that way, then at least you're protected and you know what you need to do. Yeah, 
Absolutely. So, do you guys ever see couples come in and do consults together? They no, can't. We, we can't. It's unethical oh, for us to gotcha. do that. Yeah, we we get that question not necessarily a lot in doing them together to see what it would look like. It's more so. Well, we're amicable about this, so we just right. want to come in. I'm like, mm, sorry, we can't. can't do that. <laughs> Which is a bummer because they'd probably be the easiest ones to work with, wouldn't they? I don't know. Who knows? Well, I mean, our job is to, I mean, if you hire an attorney and said they advocate for your interest, I don't, Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, and you can't, it, it's unethical because you can't legally advise both parties. Parties, right. If you're if you're that amicable, maybe you should consider staying together. Well, <laughs> well there are all sorts of, that's true. <laughs> I mean, you could do collaborative law, you could go to some, there are some mediators that will mediate with folks who aren't represented by an attorney. So there are ways to do it. It's just that we cannot do it. Yeah, and then sometimes there is a, misconception to myself included until I learned and you went through the divorce the collaborative divorce training as to what that actually looks like it is a more collaborative approach but each party still has to have their their own own attorney attorney. correct and then there is a and they both have to be trained in the collaborative divorce process so there's no court involved in that aspect but that being said of course you're still represented by an attorney so who's still advocating for your rights we're just trying to get everybody to compromise and right. come together. And that can still happen absolutely Without outside that, of the right. quote-unquote collaborative divorce process. And that's what we try to educate people on, too, is that just because you're coming in to meet with an attorney, the other side gets an attorney, doesn't mean it has to be super contentious. No, you it doesn't can mean still, you're going to court, for sure. Exactly. You can still negotiate <laughs> and, and collaborate in that way to get things come together. And most times, once people learn that, they're like, oh, okay, okay yeah, yeah, that makes sense, okay, you know. Because <laughs> the flip side to that is, as we oftentimes see, too, whenever things blow up and maybe something does go to court, if you've done the collaborative law process, the uh, collaborative law attorney you worked with cannot represent cannot, you in court, right? right? you got to start all all over. So, there, I mean, you got to really think about, is this, am I, is this the proper case to go to collaborative law? Mm-hmm. You know, probably going with a narcissist is not your best idea to do collaborative <laughs> law. But, you know, a lot of people, I meet people all the time say, hey, we did it. You know, it was great. You mm-hmm. know, and that's fine. It's sort of like we use it. Sometimes we just grow apart. I ask people all the time in initial consultation, give me, you know, I need a little backstory and how we got here today. And 90% of the time, it's, there's no, there's nothing. We just, we grew apart. You mm-hmm. know, we got married. I mean, I'm not the same person I was. 20 years ago, you mm-hmm. know, and so if your partner isn't growing along with you, it doesn't have to be cheating. It doesn't have to be domestic violence. It's just sometimes this is not who I want to be with. You know, what? I was speaking with someone at a conference recently and they said, you know, we were I was talking to somebody about marriages and like the history of marriage and it was for when it first came to be, to be about. And at that time, our life expectancy was so much shorter. <laughs> thought of that. So marriages were only really meant in their origination for, the, for, for like 10 years. Right. Then people got married and they died. And I was like, so really, if you get married like three times, like you're just <laughs> still just being by that. Incarnated, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I think that we do. We, we have this societally. We've had this misconception that in getting married that we do expect that, well, they've changed. They weren't the same person that I married. Well, no shit. Yeah, you? Be. <laughs> so you got to figure out a way to work through that. But if you can't, then yeah, absolutely. If your kids, I mean, you got to move on. You got to yep. do what's right for you. And I don't mean that in a selfish way, but right. Yeah. So in helping prepare for that, (laughs) should you be thinking about that? Um, Step one, consultation. Like we mentioned, we can't speak to all practices by any means, but we we really aim for our consultations to listen to what your goals are, what's going on, and provide legal advice and help you develop a plan or a strategy for moving forward. Maybe even a couple of different options, depending. Right. 
And I mean, obviously, you can you can speak more to that and how the flow of that goes. And I'm sure it, it varies from person to person when they come in a little bit in their scenario. But overwrite, you know, is there court action? But if you're coming in just to find out, that's not going to be the case yet. Yeah, so. I mean, I really do. I I mean, after introductions and all of that, I really do say you tell me tell me about your marriage. Tell me about you. Let me find out how we got here. You know, and as you did in. A lot of times, oh, you don't want to hear that. And here's this clip note version. It's like, no, no, I really do want to hear about that. Because if you don't, if you're not share with me everything, I can't give you good legal advice. I can't help you make a plan. If you don't, I know it's, I know it's horrible and it's embarrassing to come and sit in an office with someone you don't know and talk about how, you know, he raped me the night before or how he beat me up and I didn't go to the hospital. I get, I completely get that. But if you leave that part of your story out, my advice mm-hmm. would not be <laughs> pick up. My advice would be you might want to go to see Interact. We might want to think about getting the DVPO. Uh, let's start getting your, your pack of bag. Let's get it in a safe place. If I don't hear any of that, it might be, yeah, there's no problem. If you're, you got a job, all you're going to do is lose being able to come back in the house. You know, there may be some no kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead and leave. That yeah. would not be my advice to you. Right. If you did not feel comfortable enough with me to, to share with me what was really going on. And I think because we get sometimes in when someone calls in to find out about the process of getting started or scheduling a consultation, you know, sometimes they're like, oh, you know, I'm sorry. I know that one, they apologize for getting emotional. And I'm always just like, listen, this is tough stuff. There, This is what we are here for. There is absolutely no need to apologize for very natural reactions to what you're going through. And then secondly, it might be, well, this is going to sound really crazy. And I joke sometimes I'm like, try me. But seriously, we are not there to judge. And we have heard some unbelievable stories. And just when we think we can't be surprised, we're surprised again. But we're not there to judge you. We're there to learn. uh, Right. I always say it's a no judgment zone. You know, absolutely. No. And emotions, you know, a lot of people I'm very much of. I'm very stoic if I'm in an emotional situation because if I let it go, it's like, oh, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) And some people are like that, and that's absolutely fine. Mm -hmm. you got to do what works for you. But when you come in for an initial consultation, it really is talking about your story. And then next question is, in the best of all worlds, if you do separate, what what would your goals be? Mm-hmm. You know, so you got to find out where you came from, and then you got to look at where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Then my job in the initial consultation is figure out how I can go from point A to point B as best we can. I can't yeah. guarantee that you'll get there, but I can tell you the things you need to do that will give you a better possibility of meeting those goals that you want to meet. Absolutely. So and coming, you know, again, if we're talking about the whole separation process, when I look at family law, I think of there's the four <laughs> four main horsemen we'll say whatever of the pillars of family main pillars of family law being the the property piece equity distribution Mm -hmm. child custody child support and then spousal support Mm -hmm. so if somebody's coming in where all of that is potentially present we'll we'll break it down into those four looking at custody you know joint custody or maybe not joint custody but the folks in the situation going forward what should people think about if we're looking at separation when considering the children involved. I mean, it sort of depends on where you are in the relationship and is what the what the caretaking abilities are, how involved every parent is. I mean, I tell c- potential clients a lot of times, you need to figure out, I can't, everybody says, well, what is a custody schedule? You know, I say there are lots of different ones, but they're your, this is your family and your children. You need to take, you need to sit down, quietly think about what you think is best for your children. Here's some examples of some custody schedules. Mm-hmm. Think about 
my kid easy to transition? <laughs> you know, do they have ADHD or there's some mental health problems, health problems? All of those things need to come into consideration. What holidays are important to you? Mm-hmm. What, are you in a year round or are you in a traditional school? Yep. You know, and just because I will tell you, courts nowadays, just because if you are a stay-at-home mom and your kids are not babies, you're not going to be automatically granted primary custody. Courts believe that both parents have a right, and I do too, unless there's something else going on, have a right to parent their children. So they're going to give that other parent an opportunity to parent because maybe they haven't been given the opportunity mm. because you happen to stay Primary, at home. yeah. Right, and that's been your role. So it doesn't mean that they'd be bad at it. Right. And so I always tell people, you know, you may want primary custody. Let's, you know, you have to dig into that a little better. But at the end of the day, you want that other parent to be a good parent. And if a potential client says that if I don't get that vibe from them, that, that gives a big red flag for me. That this is not about what's in the best interest of my children. It's about winning. Yeah. You know, putting pressure on somebody to get something by using my children. And that's just not appropriate. Or there's the, and I, full disclosure, do not, I'm not a parent. <laughs> I have four children, but <laughs> no human ones. But they, I think it becomes a control issue as well. If Absolutely. they have been the primary parent, then they realize oh, if yeah. they separate, there's going to be times they're not with the kids. And then it leads into wanting to control what does that time look like when they're not together and all right, that and kind I of get stuff. The trust is, issues. I mean, I, I mean, I separated when my, when mine was two and, and we did 50 50 and I would sob, you know, but, and it hurt, it hurts and mm-hmm. you're just going to have to go and then, but then you got to find, Oh, I have all this time for me. Mm-hmm. You can do some personal growth and your kids are going to be okay. And they're going to be quite honestly, because I mean, being a child of divorce, seeing how independent my mom was able to be, right. you know, and to, to take that and your, your kids are going to absorb that too. Right. You know? But it's, I mean, I know if that's been your, being mom is your, has been your role. It's, it's hard and it's mm-hmm. going to take some time. Yeah. You know, and I agree with that wholeheartedly. To the other side of that, what if you aren't, you haven't been a stay-at-home parent and now you are worried about the custody aspect and that you're not going to be able to get custody of your children? What do you, how do you start to plan for that if you're not the primary or you haven't been the primary caretaker or stay-at-home parent and then you're thinking about separating, you have those fears of not Right, and you haven't done it. I mean, a lot of people do it performatively, which I hate. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, they'll 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 put on their best foot forward because they know they're going to court or we're here. And then after that, yeah, I don't really care. Yeah. You know, but it may be, I, you know, start being more involved. Start going to extracurricular. Start call, call the teacher. Have a parent teacher meeting. You know, mm-hmm. tell your spouse that you want you want to do bath time or you want to do this. And not because it makes you look good or you're going to be doing it in court. Make sure you're doing it for the right reason and that you will be able to continue this if you separate because now you've had somebody keeping your kids 100% of the time with you 50% of the time yeah. and you need to make sure that you're prepared for that go take a parenting class for god's yeah. sakes yeah you know or you know if you if one parent's been the one that's kind of like kept up with the school calendar like get involved find out what that calendar looks like what all the events are because you, you can should sign in. you can sign in on that online portal just as easily as they can you can yep. get into duke my chart so don't it's not the other parent's job to keep you informed you've yep. got to put some effort into it too yeah absolutely yep. so so just kind of like recapping at custody. So just start thinking about what a custody schedule would Absolutely. look like, taking into all the different variables, where if you're going to be the one leaving, where are you going to move Beauty. to, right. you know, if you are going to be the one leaving. 
Hey guys, it's Jen with New Direction Family Law. And if you yourself have been through a divorce or you know someone that's contemplating a divorce, then you know how important it is to make sure that you know your legal rights or your friend knows their legal rights and options to help develop the best plan for them and their family moving forward. At New Direction Family Law, we have over 30 years of combined experience protecting the rights of our clients in family law matters. We aggressively advocate, we aggressively support, and we absolutely educate our clients to achieve the best possible outcomes. So if you or someone you know are facing these questions or contemplating separation or divorce, give us a call to schedule an initial consultation today. You can reach us at 919-719-3470 or reach out to us via our website at newdirectionfamilylaw.com looking at custody, how does that affect child support? We go by guidelines. So if you are W-2'd and you're not self-employed, you know, and you don't have, I think it's $200,000, I can't remember, dollars $40,000 a month, you're off the worksheet. We're going to plug in your income, the other spouse's income, how many children you have, who pays for health insurance, and what is work-related daycare. And it will spit out a number. And so there are basically primary is what Schedule A. You get to Schedule B if you have more than 123 overnights. So some people can be very calculating about how they want that schedule to be because I want to get to 123, 124 overnight so I don't have to pay as much child support. And sometimes, as badly as I hate to admit it, there are people who determine their custody based on how much child support they will pay, not that they want their children, children. that much. Yep. Uh, not in every case, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just human nature. And yeah. it's, it is moms and dads. It's not either or. Sure. You know? Yeah. And then flipping while we're on the money train here, then looking <laughs> at spousal support. Do or do our spousal support and child support the same thing? No, because child support is to support your children. But it, but it doesn't as mean... As simple as that, that sounds. Like it, but, but, <laughs> but part of it is based on if your mortgage is... A, $2,000 and you have three kids, that means we're going to divide that four times. A portion of the mortgage has to be attributed to your child support. So you're not just like going to buy clothes for your children is not what child support is about. It's about providing them a home and the, that they've been accustomed to, plus their extracurriculars, plus their clip, blah, 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 all of that. Alimony is for the dependent spouse's support only. So Based on what's your income, net income, what are your expenses, what's your shortfall, we're going to look to the other person to make that up. That's what alimony is about. And is there ever a situation, because I think people automatically come in, especially, oh man, especially if there's been <laughs> cheating involved. Oh, I'm going to you know, take him or her for everything they're worth and they're going to be supporting me for the rest of my life and blah, blah, blah. What if the money's not there? What you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean the court can. I mean, if you show alimony and you're supporting and they're dependent, you're going to pay alimony. But the court can only award you award an alimony if you have the ability to pay it. So you may need three thousand dollars a month shortfall you have. He only has fifteen hundred left over after he pays his reasonable expenses and his child support. So that you're only going to get fifteen hundred. Yeah, court expects you to go get a job. I mean, my case, um, stay-at-home mom, seven children, homeschooling, still three of them. The other four living at home, going to school, got income imputed to her because, Ted said, you know, you need to go get a job. You need to get some income coming in and imputed income to her. So the rule is not, you're, you're going to, alimony is not forever. Yeah. Alimony really nowadays is to get you back on your feet. And it's not really about fault. It's about finances. Yeah. 
Well, taking all these, obviously, finances is a big yeah. thing to take yeah. consideration if whenever you're looking at separating. So what are some of in this kind of segues nicely into the fourth pillar, <laughs> fourth main pillar of family law, which is the distribution of property. Right. And you're looking at what all as I think there's misnomers and like, well, this bank account was open during the marriage, but only my name is on it. So right. what is considered that joint property? Joint property is there's I mean, there's some nuances, but if it was acquired during the marriage, it is marital property. And there is there are things that are separate property. like, And if you got an inheritance. If if your spouse gives you a gift of a diamond necklace, that's a gift to you. That's not property. So there are certain caveats that you get out of there. But if you earned it, if I got a million dollars in my retirement, I worked my ass off. You didn't you didn't get a penny of this. You're going to give her half of that. I'm sorry, but that's just the way it works. And people hate that. But property, unless there's small and businesses involved and some st- you know, stock options and things, that's, we're going to cut it down the middle. You're going to get 50 percent and you're going to get 50 percent. Let's don't fight over it. So go to court and do that. Let's figure out a way that we can make this work. Yeah. So in looking, if somebody is is considering this or, because we get asked this pretty frequently too, they're coming into a consultation, they're asking about the financial side of it. At that point, do they need to bring financial documents for the attorney to look at during the consultation? They really, I, I don't know about other attorneys, I don't even know about other attorneys in our firm, but for me, no, you need to come in. I'm going to ask you, do you own a rent? What's, what do you think is, give me an estimate of the value of your house. Go and look at, get a Zillow. You don't have to get an appraisal. Know what your mortgage is so I can figure out how much equity is in there for you. But I don't necessarily need to know the value of your car. I'd like to know what's in your, what's in your retirement accounts, mutual funds. That would be helpful to know just to give me an idea of the size of your estate, mm-hmm. which can help me quote a fee to you or tell you how involved and complicated this might be. So do I need, how much is in your... Bank account, not really. Yeah. You know, how much does it take to run your household a month? Yeah. You know, sort of thing. Just generalizations. Is, but if, if once we get into it and we're retained, then then we're going to ask you for a bazillion documents. Yeah. <laughs> I tell people when they ask that question, that's a little outside the scope of the consultation. You right. know, this is getting a, a general picture of what's going on to advise you on what needs to happen next kind of thing. And then, what, yeah, like you said, once you become a client, then it's like, all right, let's yeah. see all these documents. And a lot of times a consultation is good because then it lets the person know, oh, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Well, then go sniffing around. Yeah, you know? yeah, that was my next question because <laughs> we get that a lot. That was a question on, you know, one of our other teaser episodes that will be coming out about bad advice from Facebook. But what if you don't know what the financial pay? You don't it just know what you don't know. Heart, you know. But, you know. If if somebody's coming in like, I just cannot stay in this marriage any longer, but I have no idea exactly what his income is or what retirement accounts he has in preparing for separating, what advice would you give to somebody there? Because snooping around, a lot of times we don't get mail at home anymore. You know, yeah. everybody's online, so you may you won't get bank statements. You may not know. You cannot, if you know the password, if you've been given the password to a phone or a PC or a computer. Um, and it's up or, you know, you pull up a bank and you know the password, go in there and get it. That's fine. But you cannot like mess around and put in 5,000. Do like fingerprint things or try to hack the computer. Don't do that because we can, (laughs) we can find out that information. You can separate without not knowing all of that. We can, we'll figure that out down the road. I was just thinking my wife sometimes when she needs in my phone, she'll just hold it to my face. (laughs) So you just, that's what you do at night, right? You just sneak in. While they're sleeping. (laughs) 
Yeah, there's nothing wrong with looking and going in the closet, searching, you know, going through the mirror, the jewelry, whatever. There's nothing wrong with that, yeah, you know, at all. Yeah, get a PI, you know, whatever you need to do. You can take the computer, take it to a, a you know, a digital person, and they can make a digital home forensic home. Person, a digital person. person. Okay, you know what I mean. I'm like, a blank there, but they can make a copy of the hard drive and they can figure it out. Yeah, they don't. I mean, there are all sorts of ways to find stuff these days. Yeah. What about because we get that you know in prepping for folks that again in unhealthy situations or maybe they just are done they right, run out right but stay at home parent they don't necessarily have all the access to the finances right. we know that legal fees are a thing you know we got to keep the lights on right. and feed ourselves as right. well so what because I know it's happened time and time again you know what how can people prepare that way if they don't feel like they have the finances to even start with an initial consultation? I know we've had folks, when they call in from that aspect, right. they'll say, you know, we have had other parties pay on behalf. Or if they want, obviously, you can pay in cash. There's right. not like a credit right. card transaction. We are, we've tried to be very mindful mm-hmm. of how things show up on on credit card statements. We're not going to reveal what that is, just in case. <laughs> but... Uh, so from the consultation standpoint, but that's generally a lesser dollar amount than initial right, retainer. Right. So what have you seen or how can people prepare in those those scenarios? For the initial consultation, I mean, again, I'd like to say this, but the worst of things in the Facebook advice, you know, about when you go to the grocery store, it's actually $20. You mean that $300, you know, you, it may take you three months to get, if it's not a domestic violence situation. Or right. You're okay. Safe, when there's safety concerns, there's always caveats there. You but. know, you've been married to this guy for 10 years. You have four kids. Waiting three months ain't going to kill you. Let's, yeah. you know, take your time and do that. And I don't know if you guys do this when you talk to him. And in between there, here's what we suggest you do, you know, to, so that you have the information that will help us in the consultation. As far as the the initial retainer, you know, if you're working, you got a 401k, you can take a loan against it. Go open a credit card that he doesn't. I know this sounds crazy because you're just, you're dead, but at the end of the day, maybe the only way you can do it. Can you borrow from parents? You know, can you get a credit card? There are some claims that you can ask the other party to pay your attorney's fees. It's not guaranteed, mm-hmm. you know. But again, as we've talked about, this is your life. This is your children. This is your, this is your estate. This is, how you're going to move forward. And so, hold out. I really, truly believe you get what you pay for. You know, and we are very seasoned. What do we have, 90 years? Overnight, yeah. All the illegal minds. <laughs> right. And it's, and everybody asks, how much does it cost? Like, I can't tell you because I don't, it depends on how cooperative the other party is. And the trajectory of something. Team, I mean, I know we've said it till we're blue in the face, but the trajectory, somebody gets a new boo and all hell breaks loose. Oh my like, God. <laughs> it's just, you know, something's going to blow up and I, and we're there and we'll take, we're used to, we're there to take the anger and the frustration and we get it. You're not going to hurt our feelings, but we can't control this other person. Or their know? attorney. You don't want to live with them. <laughs> yeah. Know? we can't control them. So it is a fluid process. If you're coming in going, I want this and I want it done, it's not going to happen. That will not happen. Yep. That that won't. So, you know, coming in with, obviously your questions, you don't know what you don't know. So you're going to come in with, you know, questions. I love when people come in with a list of questions. Well, and I always, when if people do ask, and I think in communications that we have that go out prior to the consultation. Mm -hmm. um, We'll explain what happens. I call you. Hey, I want to talk to an attorney. I'm getting separated. What I need? What? What's the next step? What county do you live in? <laughs> what county? <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah, so we we get preliminary. We call it qualifying information to make sure one that it's family law, that it's in a, a county that we practice in, 
And we have dedicated person team to this. That, yeah. That, that answers the phone. This is what they do. Yep. Absolutely. We're just very aware of that when someone's going through this in their life, that whether it's solely custody or never married before, whether it's the whole right, kit and caboodle right. of divorce, whatever it is, it's stressful. And yeah. we want to be there to get the preliminary questions answered so that you can get to the attorney to get the, the meat and the potatoes. And I want to be very clear. When you come to a consultation with us, you meet with an attorney. Yes. There is not a marketing person. There's not a salesperson. That's you're meeting with an attorney who's going to be able, you're going to leave there with good, solid legal advice. Absolutely. So we get the, the qualifying information. We move forward with scheduling. We get the question a lot. How do you decide which attorney I'm meeting with? And very commonly, it depends. <laughs> Obviously, if you are referred to a specific attorney, that we are going to do everything we right. can to honor that. Sometimes there's calendaring conflicts. If there's an attorney that's super busy with current trials, mediations, right. things like that. And so we do offer other attorneys, all of our attorneys exclusively practice family law. Absolutely. There's a county mm-hmm. issue can come into play. Not all of our attorneys practice in all of the same counties. We all practice, or you guys all practice in Wake County. Right. So we take all the different variables, what the issues are as well, and the complexity of it. Obviously, we're going to look at our, our founding partner <laughs> as well as our other senior attorneys and partners. And so we take all those into consideration and then you can schedule phone, Zoom or in the office, which, you know, surprisingly, even though we've moved back to a lot of in-person stuff, a lot of people still use Zoom a lot, which I mean, I get for scheduling purposes, you know, you don't have to drive somewhere. Pay for parking, take your time, all of that. So we don't care. You know, we just want to meet with you. Yeah, absolutely. Plus your phone tracks you everywhere. If you're trying to go meet and not have your spouse know. (laughs) Good point. Find my iPhone. (laughs) (laughs) And then from there, you know, depending upon the platform platform of your consultation, you get an immediate and assuming we have your permission to text you, because I feel like most people prefer texting right, these days, right. and especially those initiating or those very the early stages right. of getting everything scheduled, it can be extremely helpful. But you get a quick text message to say, hey, be sure to check your email. Thanks for scheduling with us. There's important information in that email. There's a confirmation email confirming your appointment date and time. If it's in office, there's a picture of our building. There's driving directions, park, you know. Parking options, as well as a, a link to click on to complete our electronic intake questionnaire, which is going to be more in-depth information for the attorney to right. review and prep for the consultation. And what? Because some of those questions, you know, it's about income or types of schools right, and like right, things right. of that. Like, why is that important information for you guys to know? Yeah, because it, as we talked about previously, it has to do with custody. It has to do with alimony. It has to do with child support. We're not just being nosy. <laughs> we promise. We really do need that information. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then it goes from there. You get you get an email from the attorney saying this is what you can expect during the consultation. If there are any court, if, there, if it is actively in court right. to bring those documents, maybe you're preparing. There's been a court order in place for a while and you're preparing to possibly modify, modify it. You know, good to have that or same kind of principles and applying to to preparing for things. And then there's always the part there. If otherwise there's nothing else you need to do to make right. the consultation successful. Right. I always tell folks I do advise that they write down questions that they mm-hmm. currently have, make note on your phone, whatever the case may be, because right. as you're speaking with the attorney, you're likely going to have more and we don't want to miss the ones that you already know that you have. Right. And then because I always tell them the attorney's going to have lots of questions for you too. So right. you're going to be giving and receiving a lot of information. <laughs> right, 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 right. A lot of folks will ask, too, in preparing or thinking about coming in for a consultation, can I bring my best friend or my mom or whoever with me? Um, I will always say that it's really up to them, the person individually, and that the attorney will talk to them about what how that affects confidentiality. Right. So can you 
what do you usually tell folks if they bring a third party in with them for the consultation? Yeah, I'm always happy. I think it's always better if you have somebody else sitting there. But it does, you know, attorney-client relationship based on confidentiality means there's no one else in the room that's listening to what you and I are talking about. If there's another person in the room, then there is no confidentiality. So if you're in a, I've never had this happen. I'm sure it has. I think of some people that it has. <laughs> You could be called to the stand and ask what we talked about. So you could find out my strategy, you know, strategy, all of that. But I've never had that happen. So it's up to the, you know, if that if they're okay with that, I never say do it, don't do it. You know, it's their yeah. choice to do it. Yeah. And from a support perspective, completely, really, you right. know, completely get it. Right. So, And I will yeah. say there is in a case when there's some case law that what you and I talk about, you don't go and talk to your best friend. There's some question about that too is that confidentiality could that person be called to the stand and mm. be asked about what you talked about more than likely they could yeah you know so be careful who you're <laughs> gossiping with that's what i would say i mean you don't want that person oh did you see that yeah you yeah know, you don't want that happening and but, correct me if i'm wrong but north carolina is one party consent state so somebody could re- be, recording be recording something that's absolutely true so yeah, yeah so be careful so, so be there, careful. there's a lot to consider and I know it seems very overwhelming, and this this was not the purpose of this for sure. <laughs> it's a lot of information, but I think it is. If you have no idea where to even start, and but you're you've got this time now, along with all the hustle bustle of the, of the season, season. <laughs> you know, place a gift under the tree, and if you're out there shopping, then maybe stash away a little bit of money you might need, yeah. as as mentioned. Yeah. And there's no specific time frame. You know, we always just have this renewed sense in the new year. We set goals as businesses and right, talk about right. plans and what we want to do. So it's no different in our personal lives. So it's a lot to, that you can prepare for. But um, but I know, will say, if you let's say that you can't afford to come see us or you can't get away or whatever, go to our website. We have yeah. how many blogs we have? We have, we have. Oh, my God. Our website has 147 pages on it. I just recently <laughs> learned and counting. We have our own YouTube channel. <laughs> We got this podcast. Listen to this. You yeah. find out a great deal of information so that you don't make a bad mistake before you're able to get in and see us. Absolutely. And there, there is a page. And you on don't our web- have to go on Facebook and ask for legal advice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> TBT. Stay tuned for that episode. But, but uh, and there is a page on our website too, the know before you go Correct. for the consultation to help recap some of this stuff. I try to be on time. Yeah, we appreciate that. <laughs> but we understand that things happen. But. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I mean, the podcast, I've, there's been so many people that have called in. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't really financially, I'm not ready to move right. forward with a consultation or with, you know, attorney's fees. And I'm like, go listen to our podcast. There, nothing's going to be able to speak directly to your situation, but it's a good starting point right. for information. Right. We've got like 50, by the time this one's up there, 56, I think, episodes right. or so. Right. So lots of information Ration. out there for sure. And yeah, YouTube channels with more content coming up and everything. Right. So. Right. So it's happy holidays. Yeah, happy holidays. Merry and Christmas, Kwanzaa. Yeah, ain't that <laughs> Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a review. You can visit us at newdirectionfamilylaw.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at the exit strategy underscore podcast or email us at exit strategy at newdirectionfamilylaw.com. We'll be back next time with more no bullshit content about life, divorce, parenting, relationships, and everything in between.